0: From the Credit Union National Association, this is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people,
1: credit union ideas.
2: While coaching and leadership may go hand in hand, they are distinguishable qualities in service culture management. I'm Ron Jose, a senior editor with CUNA News. In this podcast, our latest in a series focused on service culture will address how coaching drives execution in realizing leadership strategic vision. While leading is about creating vision, coaching is about personalizing that vision through positive, meaningful relationships with employees, according to Jane Hitman, National Program Manager for Creating Member Loyalty, a development strategy program from CUNA, focused on increasing employee management and the member experience. As Paul Robert, CEO of FI Strategies, a CMO partner, says in this interview, coaching is a learnable skill that virtually all managers in an organization can acquire. At the same time, leaders must be proactive and accountable to make it work. Jane and Paul, in our last podcast, you gave us a lot of attributes about effective leaders. Today, we're going to talk specifically about coaching which is a key aspect, kind of an operational aspect of leadership. But before we go there, let's recap on those leadership attributes. Jane, do you want to just start off and give us a quick summary? Sure.
0: You know how much I love to talk about leadership, so that's perfect. Hey, you know, leaders are people you naturally want to be around. They generate ideas and they cast exciting visions for the future. And that makes you want to be part of that and you know leaders make a choice every day to live a life of high integrity they are purposeful in making a positive impact in the world around them and you know lastly i'd like to say they're proactive in helping others to thrive
2: so now that we know what makes a great leader let's talk about how someone becomes a great coach Paul, let's start with you. Jane went first. What makes a great coach, and how is that different from being a great leader? First of all, let me point out that
1: many of the qualities are the same, Ron. I mean, many of the qualities of a great leader are the same as a great coach. However, there are nuances that keep great leaders from being great coaches and great coaches from being great leaders. You know, I mean, I've worked for people who were great at helping me succeed day-to-day, but they certainly weren't that visionary or that mm-hmm. forward-thinking person that Jane just talked about. They were really focused on their people. They did a terrific job of positioning us to be successful at keeping us performing at a high level. And so from that regard, they were a great coach. You know, I guess a, another way to look at it, if I could use a football metaphor, would be that the leader in your credit union culture would be the head coach, the guy at the top. A coach would be the guy or gal who works directly with the players at their position. You know, the quarterback coach, the receiver coach, the special teams coach, and so forth. So the leader is the one kind of setting the strategy, setting the game plan, if you will. The coaches are the ones that are showing the players and working with the players day in and day out on how to execute that plan. Sometimes, Jane, if you get lucky, the leader or the coach are one and the same, right? But that doesn't happen too often, but sometimes you get lucky there.
0: Yeah, wouldn't that be great? And I'll just say this in just a tad of a different way because I agree with everything Paul said. You know, again, leading is creating that vision, setting direction, being the example, going first. And for me, coaching is more about mentoring. Helping and supporting your team, helping to drill down into coaching on a more personalized, customized basis. You know there is no one size fits all. This is about providing one on one feedback to perform better, to improve your skills in building relationships and all of that. So you know, like the the football example that Paul just used, a coach is about helping each team member know how to win, and then coaching them
2: to win. So what are some specific things that someone can do to be a great coach? Jane, you want to start us off?
0: I guess the first thing, and this comes from the experience of, you know, I've been in the coaching arena for, you know, really talking about coaching for 25 years, which seems crazy because you still don't find a whole lot of good coaches out there. And I think sometimes it comes down to mindset about coaching. Most people, when they talk about coaching, the first things you hear are, oh, it takes so much time and it takes more time than the results that I get, those kinds of comments. And those are the things that really bother me because coaching, from my perspective, is a gift. It's a gift that we get to give somebody. It's sharing our time with them. It's sharing our life experiences and work experiences and our knowledge about things that will help them be able to do their job better and easier and more effective and have those better results or that win that i was talking about the first thing we have to do is change our mindset that comes down to that gaining understanding of i can't change my mindset unless i really understand what is coaching what is coaching not and you know coaching doesn't have to take a lot of time effective coaches coach in pretty short little spurts but in the beginning they will have engaging conversations they set the stage they build the trust they build the ongoing conversation at the same time as the coach kind of honing their own skills their staff is starting to hone their skills on being coached so if in the beginning your face to face coaching sessions are you know 15 to 30 minutes and God forbid you should make them any longer than that, but you know at the longest 30 minutes if we start with that, we could literally you know have a good a pretty good coaching session in five to ten minutes if we both come prepared and get to the point sooner than later. I also think that coaching can be conducted other ways than face to face again, if we've established these conversations, we can send emails that reinforce the change behavior we're seeing, or a positive engagement with a colleague or a member. It could be, you know, we write them a little note and put it on their desk or stick it on their computer screen or something. We can be really creative with coaching. In our mind, we get stuck with coaching takes a lot of time and we don't always get the results. Well, if you don't come in prepared, you probably will see both of those things happen. And that's not what it's about. So I think the people that want to be effective coaches have to say it's worth the time investment on my part to gain knowledge of what is effective coaching. And then be purposeful about building my coaching muscle. It many times is not second nature to have these kinds of good conversations. As managers, many times we want to go into the conversation and tell people, tell them what we saw and why they should change what. Or, you know, it's about us telling, telling, telling. And Good coaching is about asking, asking good conversational questions that get staff thinking about what they're doing. So that, I mean, hopefully we've hired intelligent people. And once we ask these questions and it gets them thinking, they're going to come up with the answers. They're going to come up with the solution. So, first thing is to work on our muscle and our mindset. Also, it wouldn't be right if left out some of the things that we hear that people think are coaching. So when Paul and I are in credit unions, you know, we're talking to staff about how your manager coaches you or what does your coaching session look like? And we often hear, oh, our manager's great. She's a great coach. She has an open door policy. Well, what? We also hear our manager, she'll answer all our questions. And, you know, if we're really busy, she'll pull a can and open a cash door. Okay those are fine things to do, but they have nothing to do with coaching. Those are not coaching behaviors. So again, knowledge of what coaching is kind of changes the game. And at the forefront of coaching is that personal one-on-one relationship. It has to be a trusting relationship to be effective. Because if you're going to coach me, if I don't trust why you're coaching me or your motives or your ability, well, it's probably not going to go very far. So the first thing has to be a relationship of trust. And that comes back from that leaderful characteristic of integrity. And again, be intentional. I got to grow. I got to build my coaching muscle if I'm going to make a difference in the lives of those that I coach. And lastly, it's about coaching people to their strengths and helping them develop their weaknesses. It is not about correcting behavior. That's a whole nother subject. And that's a correcting conversation and should never be confused with coaching or your staff will not want to come to a coaching session when you say, Hey, it's Thursday. Let's get coached.
2: Paul, do you want to build
1: on that? To build on what Jane said, I you know what comes to my mind, Ron, number one is personalizing the coaching. I think that's what somebody needs to focus on in, in order to be a great coach. But I think a very close second is a coach needs to be solid, rock solid, and given good, constructive, and timely feedback. And then to do it in the most effective way. So that goes back to Jane's point about the personalization again. But Let's dissect those key aspects for a second. So I said good, constructive, and timely feedback. Well, it has to be good, which means it has to be specific. How do you make it specific? Well, by observing what the employee's doing. You take detailed notes of specifically what they're doing. Don't give generalized feedback. Give specific feedback, even if it's positive. You know, if I say, hey, great job, Ron. You know, that may make you feel good. But it's not specific, you know. What do you do with that besides feeling good? So that leads me to, to the second point, which is I said it had to be constructive, you know. So if I say, Great job, Ron, I really like the way you used Mrs. Jones' name and you stood up to greet her when she came in and you used her name throughout the conversation and so forth, that's constructive. That'll allow you to know what to repeat with the very next member that comes in the door. It also sets the expectation that I, as your coach, am going to hold you accountable to that going forward with each and every member that you wait on. And then that last point was that it needs to be timely. Don't observe something today and wait to tell me about it until our next monthly coaching meeting 29 days from now. If you see something today, either positive or negative, you got to give feedback today. Preferably immediately after it happens, although I know that's not always possible, but at least before you leave at the end of the day. If you don't, the opportunity to coach is gone forever. You're never going to get it back. So, that timeliness is really critical to being a, a great coach. Hey Jane, let's keep let's keep this going. What what else makes a great coach? Two key words
0: come to mind right out of the shoot, And the first one is care. If you really care about the outcomes for the individual that you're coaching, that comes through. And then it makes coaching easy. It makes coaching exciting. But if you don't care and you're just doing a task, well, it's better left undone because staff sees through that you're just checking a box to meet with them and go over some things. So I think if we care about them, then it brings it back to what I call that gift we get to give them. Secondly, being prepared. A great coach is prepared. They're prepared for those observations that Paul talked about. They don't miss an opportunity if they're walking through the office to be listening to how staff is engaging with members and each other. What are they saying? And I know my individuals and I know what we're working on with each one of them. So, literally, I can walk by and hear these things. I mean, we recommend that you do formal observations like you're pointed about it. Today, between three and four, I'm going to observe my teller line or my MSRs or whatever. But you can't miss any opportunities. You have to be observing. And immediately take notes. So, being prepared is having your ears open, having a notebook close by or, you know, if you put it in your phone or whatever, but taking those notes because those notes are going to be valuable for that feedback that Paul referenced because feedback is another one of those priceless things that we get to give. And in this prepared, you've prepared time. You've blocked time on your calendar. This is part of what you do and your accountabilities. The biggest excuse that Paul and I hear regularly is, I can't coach. I'm putting out fires all day. Well, there's something wrong with that picture. If your whole job is to put out fires all day and there's no opportunity to be proactive or have any control over your day, then something needs to change, something big, way beyond becoming a good coach. So be careful where you've placed yourself and be ready because we know fires will come up, but they shouldn't control your day and your life. And make coaching a top priority. Make the effort to become a great coach and to build your team. Coaching is not reactive, it's proactive. And everything that Paul and I just listed is all about you making it happen, not waiting for some perfect opportunity.
1: And, Jane, one last point I'd add on to that is I think we can sum it up by also spotlighting the fact that a coach needs to be positive. They need to focus on the positives in their coaching. So, that's kind of two different things, but it all, hinges on this word positive. They have to be positive themselves. I mean, I rarely see someone who is a glass half empty type of person be a great coach. To be great, you got to really be positive. You know, as you just mentioned, you're putting out fires all day. Okay, that comes with the job description. But in spite of that, you got to be resilient. You got to stay positive. You got to keep focusing on the positives. You got to be motivating. And I don't mean the rah-rah cheerleader type of motivating. I mean, you need to find ways to keep your staff positive and keep them motivated. So that's one definition of positive. And then the other one is when you're giving feedback, when you are having those coaching sessions, focus on the positive things that you observed. And focus on giving that positive feedback. You know, what did the employee do well that they can build on? That should almost always be your primary focus. I was taught, Jane and Ron, that you should provide three times as much positive feedback as you do negative feedback. Three to one ratio is what was kind of drilled into my head. And sometimes, you know, especially for a newer employee maybe it's five to one because you really want to build up their confidence. So that's how you keep employees motivated. That's how you keep them building that momentum towards success is by focusing on the positives. So
2: how does a credit union get better at coaching their employees? How can they do those things that you just said make them great coaches? You know, in the last podcast,
1: Ron, Jane had that Vince Lombardi quote about leaders being made, not born. And I think the same thing applies to coaching, maybe more so. She mentioned earlier in the recap that leaders and coaches need to focus on their people. So that's something that's largely inherent in them. But the skills and the behaviors that allow somebody to be a great coach, those things are learnable. Those are things that are definitely teachable. And so, because of that, I think every credit union has to have an ongoing initiative, if you will, to improve their leadership, to improve the coaching skills across the organization, not just for branch managers, not just for teller supervisors. This should be for department managers, it should be for VP level and middle managers, it should be for senior executives as well. I mean, I know a lot of CEOs who could benefit from leadership and coaching training. I think every person in that capacity needs to keep their skills sharp. There's always something that they could be doing to improve in regards to coaching. If the credit union doesn't invest in this, I don't know about you guys, but in my experience, 75% of leaders won't seek it out. Either they don't think they need it, or they don't realize that they need it, or they think they're too busy, as Jane said earlier, they won't do it themselves. It has to be initiated by the organization. If we want top-shelf coaching and leadership in our organization, we have to initiate it. It has to be ingrained in the fabric of our culture. The credit union has to say, we've got these resources available for our leaders to grow and frankly, they're expected to use them consistently. So you each individual grow as a coach or you each individually grow your leadership skills. So I think investing in leadership and coaching in a formal way is critical for this to be successful. Jane, bring us home. What do you think credit unions should do?
0: Paul and I, this is kind of timely. We were just talking to a credit union last week And they've spent the last 18 months with an outside coach that they pay some pretty good dollars to. And this coach has trained their leaders on how to coach and then continues to conduct one-on-one coaching sessions with all of the leaders at the credit union. I think this is great. However, the CEO actually expressed to us that she's really disappointed with the outcomes that people that she wants to be coaches are not really coaching. And when they are coaching, it's not totally effective. So yes, you need to train them. And I'm all about that. Again, get that coaching muscle built up. But this has to be part of every manager's performance expectations. And there has to be accountabilities that tie directly to their performance reviews, that ties directly to their pay, their raises. So accountability around coaching, I think, is the key. Give them the tools and then hold their feet to the fire for it. Thanks for listening to the CUNY News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google
1: Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio.